So I wanted to uh, first uh, acknowledge and to thank uh, Paul and Lisa Glazer for who uh, once again so graciously and um, so uh, so enthusiastically uh, sponsor and uh, and host uh, this uh, this uh, this year. And in the past, uh, this is really uh, the fourth in a series of shiurim on Inyane Hashkafa, which we focused primarily. Revolved primarily around the Rambam's uh, Yud Gimel Ikri Amuna, his 13 principles of, of faith. Uh, and we've discussed in the past what is the significance of the Yud Gimel Ikri Amuna <coughs> that uh, they represent for the Rambam, what uh, foundational beliefs that every Yid must subscribe to in order to gain entrance uh, into Elam Haba. And if a person does not subscribe to these 13 uh, Ikri Amuna, whether uh, deliberately or through no fault of his own, he de facto is labeled as an apikares, and he forfeits his chaylek and oilam haba, not as a punishment, but more as a reaction, a reality, that if the person has not developed his intellect to the degree that he believes in the yud gimel ikri amuna, he simply is not relevant to understanding the intellectual bliss that is oilam haba for the Rambam. Uh, that's what we've d- discussed in the past. But tonight, what I'd like to uh, analyze and to delve into is a premise that the Rambam makes simply in articulating and uh, collecting and in um, formulating uh, 13 Ikre Yamuna, uh, uh, and it's a kind of a premise of the whole endeavor. And that is, to what degree, if at all, uh, can we speak about the concept of psak, of like a, uh, a uh, authoritative consensus when it comes to matters of belief, to matters of, uh, of hashkafa and... To what extent, uh, if at all, does one have the ability to say, you know, I, I, I don't uh, subscribe to the majority approach. I would rather like to evoke and to subscribe to what is a minority opinion in Rishonim or a, a minority uh, perspective on any given issue in Hashkafa or in Emuna. And this uh, issue is relevant uh, to many contemporary uh, uh, discussions that we are confronted with. It's relevant uh, to one's uh, perspective on, on issues that have to do with Medina Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, where there's a consensus approach, a minority approach. Or it could be relevant, it was relevant a few years ago, it was something that was hotly uh, discussed, with regards to resolving certain contradictions that might exist between statements of Chazal uh, and science and developments, or what is regarded as scientific fact. How do we reconcile uh, statements <laughs> of Chazal when they seem to be contradicted by scientific fact? To what degree can we say that uh, are, are Chazal scientific statements authoritative? Or uh, when can a Pasuk be interpreted allegorically? Uh, when not? And in many of these issues, there's a consensus approach, a kind of a traditional approach, and yet a minority uh, position. And uh, can we speak about, in this context, uh, a concept of Psach Or uh, it has to do with uh, you know, one's attitude towards secular studies. Any given issue in Hashkafa. Uh, there is usually a traditional approach, a consensus approach, a minority approach, and to what degree can we discuss uh, a psak consensus that is uh, authoritative in any way, and when does one have the uh, latitude to evoke or to subscribe to a minority, a minority position. So in order to frame this discussion properly, uh, we first need to take two things off the table uh, at the outset. And that is, uh, when it comes to Inyone Drush, or uh, homiletics, darshaning psukim, to obtain a message or a lesson, clearly we are open uh, to many different approaches, and there is no authoritative or consensus approach when it comes to darshaning psukim. And we're familiar with that concept, and it has its bay roots in a medrash rab over here in Parshish Nasai, over here, Ois Aleph, on the sheet, where the uh, medrash comments on the pasuk that has to do with the karbonos that was brought by the different nesiyim, uh, for the at the time of Chanukah's Hamishkan. <coughs> Where the Pasuk says, they brought Mizrak Echad Kesef, uh, they brought each one a silver bowl. And if you skip to the second line, that was Shivim Shekel Beshekel Hakaydish. It weighed uh, the amount of Shivim Shekel, 70 shekels, Beshekel Hakaydish of the holy measurement of, uh, of Shkalim. Why did it weigh? What is the significance that it weighed Shivim Shekel? So the Gemara, the, I'm sorry, the Medrash tells us. that just like it weighed Shivim Shekel, Kachye Shivim Panamatara. There are 70 faces uh, to the Torah. When it comes to Darshan Sukkim, there are many, a uh, whole plethora of possibilities uh, that are open before us. And we don't speak about a consensus authority. If we're Darshaning a Pasuk to learn out a halakha, of course we could speak about a consensus approach, but when it comes to Darshaning Sukkim, we're pretty open to different possibilities. So the Nitziv writes that that's only when it comes to Drush. When it comes to Darshaning Sukkim, 
Why? So he explains in his, uh, he has a commentary on the She'iltas of Rabbi Chaigon, called the Hamek She'ela. So in his Hakdama to the Hamek She'ela, the Nitziv has a Kidmas Ha'emek, an introduction. It's a very long and wordy introduction. But in the course of his Kidmas Ha'emek, he uh, quotes this Medrash Tanchuma, which Rashi quotes on Chumash and Parashas Kisisa, where the Pasuk tells us when Moshe Rabbeinu uh, was on Har Sinai and he concluded receiving the Torah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Vayitein al Moshe kechaloi soi l'daberi toi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to Moshe Rabbeinu when he concluded speaking with him, Shnei luchais ha'edos. He gave him the two luchais. So the word kechaloi soi is read with a chalom, kechaloi soi. When he concluded speaking with him. However, it's written chaser vav. There's no vav in between the lamed and the tuf. So Rashi quotes in the Medrash Tanchuma, kikala soi ksiv. It's written like a kala, like a bride. Kaddish Baruch who gave Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah like a wedding present. He, like he would give to a kala. Why? So Rashi says, because it was too voluminous. It was too much to uh, imbibe, to acquire in such a short period of time. Because it was too much. And therefore Kaddish Baruch who just simply had to give it to him as a present. He didn't earn it necessarily. Yet, uh, there's another pshat in the Medrash. Dover acher. Ma kala miskasheses. Just like a kala adorns herself with 24 uh, accessories, so too a Tamar Chacham has to become an expert in the 24 Svarim uh, of Tanakh. So the Nitziv asks, what is the comparison here between the accessories, the jewelry of the kala, and, uh, and a Tamar Chacham's relationship with the 24 Svarim of Tanakh? What does one have to do with the other? So the Nitziv explains his introduction to the that just like a kala goes to different uh, parties. She goes to an engagement party, she goes to a vart, she goes to the wedding, the shevet brachas, in a restaurant shevet brachas, in a house shevet brachas, and for each, um, each different venue, she has, to, she has to accessorize differently. That's what women need so many uh, different accessories, different type, articles of clothing, different types of clothing. So, so too the kala has to dress in a different way depending on the different venue that she's going to. So too, says in Nitzvah, Tamar Chacham has to be so familiar with the Chav Dawat Sifrei Tanach, and that's how he has to use them to speak to Klal Yisrael, to learn out a message, uh, a lesson, guidance, Hadracha, for any given situation that uh, Klal Yisrael might encounter. And therefore, says in Nitzvah, when it comes to Jerush, since the whole purpose of Jerush is to derive some sort of guidance or Hadracha for any given situation that might arise, we have to be open to the entire uh, spectrum, to the entire panorama of, uh, of possibilities that are out there in Darshaning uh, Psukim. The Nitziv there has a, um, has a parenthetical comment, and it's a very long uh, hakdama. So it used to be uh, my <laughs> old copy of the Nitziv, so there was uh, something the printer put in. Whenever he says something that's uh, noteworthy, so there's a little finger on the side. Look here, you know, you haven't been paying attention until now, now pay attention. So he writes over there on this comment, parenthetically he says, well just like, he says, uh, a, uh, a woman who, uh, who accessorizes like a kawa, but she's not, if she's not legitimately a kawa, yet she wears so much jewelry and so much makeup and so much fancy clothing, so what do we call such a woman who's not, uh, who's not a kawa, but yet uh, dresses like a kawa, so says in we call her a zaina, she's a harlot, so too says in a, a person who manipulates the Sifrei Tanakh uh, for his own agenda, to further his own agenda, is just as much a phony, as, as an imposter, as the Zayna is to the Kala. Such a person is manipulating uh, the Sifrei Tanakh in a way that they're not supposed to manipulate it. So there is a limit here. It is Shiv and Panam There's a, not a 71st. There is a limit here. Even when Darshan Sukim, there are rules. But for the most part, we're open to many different types of interpretations and possibilities because we have to derive guidance and instruction for any given situation that might arise, and therefore we have to be open to different possibilities. In fact, about Vaz writes, that's why there are no Nekudos in the Torah. There, there is a set way. There is a way you're supposed to pronounce it, a way you're not supposed to pronounce it. So why? This is a question all school children ask. How, how do you read without Nekudos? But why are there no Nekudos in the Torah? So the Radvaz writes in the Tshuva that it's in order to give us more possibilities of how to dash in the Psukim. If there would be an Akudos, it would be limited to the way that it's supposed to be pronounced. But uh, with the Torah wanted to open, Kodesh Baruch wanted to give us even a greater range of possibilities, and therefore there are no Nekudos in the Torah. So this is a concept we're familiar with when it comes to Drush. There is no authoritative or consensus approach. 
The other extreme is also the case. When it comes to matters of halacha, we know that there is, uh, without dispute, there is uh, an authoritative uh, consensus process about paskining shilas. That uh, is also mentioned in the Medrash over there in Parshas Nasai, that still it was only one silver bowl. Even though it weighed shivim shekel b'shekel akodesh, it was one bowl. Why was it one bowl? Because the Torah has to be one. When it comes to practice, of course we have to come to a consensus. But what about issues that fall somewhere in between? Is it really a matter of halacha? It's hard to call it really a matter of halacha. It's a matter of hashkafa, of perspective, of uh, emuna. But yet it's, it's not halacha. At the same time, it's not drush. It's not uh, something which is... Uh, you know, on the spur of the moment, in order to deal with the specific address, the specific situation that Kali Israel is encountering. How do we deal with the Yane Hashkafa in this, uh, in, this, in this vein? Is there a concept of like an authoritative consensus approach, or does one have the ability uh, to be more open in his thinking? And he's not uh, bound necessarily by the consensus. So simply from the fact that, at first glance, from the fact that the Rambam composed or collected Yud Gimel Ikri Amuna about things that every Jew must believe, he seems to be of the opinion that there are things that everybody uh, must believe because many of these issues, uh, which the Ramam is discussing, Ikri Amuna, were subject to machlekes, whether in Chazal or in the Rishayim. Many of the issues the Ramam touches upon was a machlekes, and the Ramam seems to be deciding, seems to be making a, an authoritative psak when he uh, wrote that, that he was taking a side on these issues, and you have to believe, or at least the Ramam felt, you have to uh, subscribe to his position and to a different position was not allowed. Where is the machlekes in the Ikre Amuna? So there's machlekes throughout the Ikre Amuna. The third, you have to go no further than the third Ikre in Amuna, which for the Rambam, uh, the third Ikre in Amuna is that uh, Kanish Baruch Hu does not have a guf and a tmuna. He doesn't have a form or a body. The Torah speaks anthropomorphically. Even though the Torah says he had a Zerayin Atuya and a Yad Chazaka, that's not to be interpreted uh, literally. That's the position of the Rambam. But there were other Rishayim who disagreed with the Rambam and took the Psukim literally. That's quoted over here by the Ravid. If you look at the third source, the Rambam in Hilchus Teshuvah writes, Chamisha hein hanikram minim. There are five people who are called heretics. There's one God of Al He has a body and a form. So the Rambam says he's a heretic, cannot be curious. But the Ravid says, well, what are you so harsh? Velama, if you look in the middle of the second line, the Aleph Aleph, Omar Avram, Velama Karlazemin, says the Ravid in his, uh, disagree, in his comments on the Rambam, why are you calling him a heretic? The Ravid agrees with the Rambam. But he says, you can't label anybody who disagrees with you a heretic. Says the Ravid, many people, greater and better than you, felt that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a guf and a tmuna. He has a body, or if not a body, a form of some sort. The Ravid doesn't subscribe to it. We don't have too many Rishayim on the record uh, subscribing. They mention it. The, Ravid, the Ramban, in his defense of the Rambam, again, the Rambam in his time was highly controversial, was criticized by many of the Rishayim, so the Ramban wrote a defense of the Rambam. But it's telling that one of the points that the Ramban has to defend the Rambam on is this point. He writes a letter to Rabbanu Itzarfas that don't be so upset with the Rambam and he explains many of the Rambam's positions. And one of the positions he feels the need to explain is this position that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not have a guf and a tmuna, which implies that the Rabbanu Itzarfas felt HaKadosh Baruch Hu did have a guf and a tmuna. There is one Rishon who's on the record as saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a body and a form and that is uh, Ramosha Taku. I'm hesitant to quote it because we don't quote him in any other setting. Where Moshe Taku was one of the Baalei HaToysvis, and he has a sefer called Ksav Tomim. The whole writings. Many refer to the sefer as Ksav Tome because of his position on this matter. Where Moshe Taku's position was that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has a guf and a tmuna. And some, even to a greater extreme, he says, anybody who says otherwise is an apikaris. He says, who told you you can interpret the psukim allegorically? The Pasuk says a Kaddish Baruch Hu has a yad, ha chazaki, has a zrayi letuya, har af. He's uh, angry in the smoke emanating from his nose. Pashup shot is a Kaddish Baruch Hu has a goof. So he says, anybody who tells you otherwise is an apikaris. He's interpreting psukim allegorically, which you're not allowed to do unless you have license to do so. So he uh, claims that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has a goof and a tmuna. So over here, when the Rambam tells us in the third Iker and Amuna, we all must believe on Imam and Bemuna Shlema that a Kaddish Baruch Hu ain't no goof and he doesn't have a dimyon, he doesn't have a, an image at all. So the Rambam is taking an issue, uh, uh, taking a sign, and what is a machlekes arishayim, and he seems to be paskining on a matter of halacha, uh, a matter of, uh, I'm sorry, emuna, 
or in Yanei Hashkafa, even though it's not necessarily Halacha per se, in Yanei Amuna, we do find the concept of Psak, or the fourth Iker in Amuna. I want to mention a few because it's surprising. Many people take for granted that these are such basic principles. But in fact, they're Machlech. It's the fourth Iker in Amuna of the Rambam is that a Kaddish Baruch who created the world, Yesh Me'ayin. Uh, something from nothing. Ex Nihalo. Kaddish Baruch who created the world, Yesh Me'ayin. However, the Abarbanel and the Raubag disagree with the Rambam. And they quote as a source of Pirkei the Rebbe Lazar. The Pirkei the Rebbe Lazar says that there were eight things, if you look over here, the fourth source, or Yisdalid, Kaddish Baruch who created eight things on the first day of creation. The first two were Shamayim and Oretz. The heavens and the earth. So the Perkei the Rebbe Lazar continues at the end of the first line, Shamayim me'ezem makom nivru. Where was the heavens created from? Meaning, what were they created from? It was created from the uh, light which HaKadosh Baruch Hu wears. Now clearly that is a mystical concept, but at the same time, it, uh, the Perkei the Rebbe Lazar implies that the, the Shamayim was created from something. Or Haaretz, where was Haaretz Me'ezah Makom Nivres? Where was that created? From Mishelot Shetachas Kisei HaKovid. From the snow underneath the Kisei HaKovid. Again, I don't know what that refers to, but the Pirkei the Rebbe Lazar seems to be implying that the world has not created something from nothing. The Rambam was trying to exclude the opinion of Aristotle. Aristotle believed in the eternity of matter. That's a basic concept, not a highly philosophical concept, that you can change a liquid to a gas to a solid, but you can't obliterate matter entirely. If you burn it, it gets into smoke and particles and different things, energy, whatever. Matter leads to other matter. You can't obliterate matter and you can't create matter from nothing. So the Rambam tried to pre- exclude that by saying, no, but that was the nace of uh, creation, was that it was uh, creation something from nothing. But many Rishonim, the Rabag and the Barbanel, their opinion was, again, not as mainstream as the Rambam, but their opinion was that a Kodesh Baruch Hu created the world, Yesh Me'yesh. So here, the, again, the Rambam in the fourth Ikran Amunah is taking a side in what seems to be uh, an issue strictly of Amuna and of Hashkafa. He seems to be poskening for us that the world was created uh, Yesh Me'ayin. Or the fifth Ikra and Amun of the Rambam is even more controversial. The fifth Ikra and Amun of the Rambam is that Loi Levada Roi Zulasa. You're only supposed to daven to Kaddish Baruch Hu and not to any other entity. Where did the Rambam get that from? It's a Yushalmi Mesechtis Brochis. We look over here at the fifth source. The Yushalmi contrasts a Kaddish Baruch Hu with a Melech Basav Edom. A Melech Basav Edom. If you have an issue that you want to raise uh, with, the, with the king, you don't just barge into the office and uh, speak your mind. You first speak to his emissaries. You speak to the chief of staff, to the assistant, the secretary, and you try and get them to persuade the king to your perspective or to, to do what you want. Says If a person has a problem, you don't turn to Michal or Gavriel to Malochim. Says turn to me, and I will answer you right away. So you're not allowed to dive into anybody else except the Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's why, as we know, many know the Chassam Seifer and the Maral were opposed to how many uh, piyutim that we have around the time of the Yom Neroim, where we seem to be addressing ourselves to the Malachim. Machnisei Rachamim, Midas Harachamim, or Ramosha quotes in the eighth, it's in the eighth volume of the Igros Moshe. So that's uh, a little less uh, authoritative, published posthumously. A little less authoritative than the main volumes of the Igris Moshe, but there it says in the eighth volume of the Igris Moshe that Ramosha's father, Rabbi David Feinstein, did not say Baruchuni Lishalom Friday night. Because you're asking the Malachim to bless you. That's my minute too. They're asking the Malachim to bless you. So he didn't say uh, Baruchuni Lishalom. There are a few places. So, so that's why some people don't say it. Some people adjust uh, the Nusach in order to conform with the uh, Rambam that we don't dive into Malachim, we only dive into Akkadish Baruchu. However, the Mari Baruna, the Mari Baruna is not so esoteric. The Mari Baruna was the Rebbe of the Trumas Hadeshen. He appears quoted by the Ramah uh, pretty, pretty regularly. The Mari Baruna, even though we might not know him by name, we encounter him in the Ramah. So the Tshuva of the Mari Baruna, the Chassam Sefer quotes this, he disagrees with the Rambam. And he says, uh, no, you're allowed to daven to Malachim. And he bases himself, the Rashash notes, that he has a source in the Gemara and Sanhedrin, Mari Barun is Zion, where he writes, if the underline, I can speak to the advisors of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm embarrassed to approach HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly, I can turn to a Malach. And the Rashash says it has a source in the Gemara and Sanhedrin. The Gemara says, Masech the Sanhedrin, if you look at the sixth source, You should always daven 
that uh, says Rashi, she say Yuhu Malachi Hashari Slovakish Rachman. That the uh Malachi Hashari should lobby on my behalf and Shaloy Yumastina Milmao. They should not be uh you know uh, giving me trouble above. So you should ask them to lobby for you. You can dive into the Malachim. So it sounds like it's a machleg between Yushalmi and the Bavli. And we even know many people say Machnise Rachme. Most people say Bahuni Lashalom. So we, we obviously, it could be, we don't even paskin like the Rambam when it comes to this matter. It could be that we, we, we paskin, you know, against the Rambam, like the Marie Baruna, that this is something uh, that is valid. I won't even mention, of course, going to Kforis, what that whole uh, institution is all about. Which also seems to run counter to the, uh, at least initially, to what we would expect from the Rambam. Is a person dominating to the mason that they, I mean, you know, that they should help you. Whatever you seek to accomplish, clearly it does not seem to, to, to jive with the Rambam. So the Rambam, though, in stating this in the fifth Yamuna, seems to be paskining for us that the loyal levada, loyalist power, even though it seems to be a matter uh, uh, primarily one of, of hashkafa. One last example I'll mention, just because it's uh, something we're familiar with, is the ninth Iker Yamuna, where the Rambam tells, which also subject to Machlekes, the Rambam tells us loy to hate We'll never have a different Torah from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. This Torah will exist for eternity. This Torah will exist for eternity. That's really related to the Rambam's seventh Iker and Emunah, which is that the Moshe Rabbeinu is the Adon Hanavim, the greatest Navi that ever was and ever will be. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will never appoint a Navi as great as Moshe. So the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu told us that's going to exist forever. So even though that's the opinion of the Rambam, the uh, Sefer Ikrim disagrees. Rabbi Yosef Abba, one of the Rishonim, he says, who said the Torah develops constantly? Adam Arishin was a vegetarian. He was not allowed to eat meat. Noach was allowed to eat meat. It changed. Noach was, uh, didn't have a mitzvah of Mila. Avram Avinu had a mitzvah of Mila. The Torah is constantly changing. It says Rabbi Yosef Abba, what's to prevent the Kaddish Baruch Hu from later deciding to appoint another Navi of equal stature to Moshe Rabbeinu, who will then tell us that the mitzvahs of the Torah have changed, or they no longer receive, apply. That's where the Rambam convinced us. Ah, that agrees. So the Rambam convinced us that was the development of Torah came out dribble, dribble, dribble until we got to Harsinai. That's the Rambam's approach. Sefer Ikram says no. There was one Torah, changed. Another Torah, changed. Mountain Torah, changed. The Rambam convinces us that this is a kind of development of the Torah. Sefer Ikram says no. It changed. And he says, what's to prevent the Kaddish Baruch from appointing another Navi and changing it again? And there are many Mamari Chazal which we all quote Constantly, which imply opposite from the Rambam. The Gemara says in Mesechta's Nida that uh, Mason, one is allowed to bury in Tachrichim that have Shatnis, that have Kelayim. Why? Because mitzvahs betelais lasted lavoi. The mitzvahs will no longer exist lasted lavoi. So you could reinterpret it for the Rambam, but the simple explanation of the Gemara is mitzvahs betelais lasted lavoi. They will no longer uh, exist. Or there's a Yaakov Shemaini we're familiar with. Lasted lavoi, there'll be no Yamim Tarevim. All we'll have. Is, uh, is the Yantaf of Purim. So, that for the Rambam, that's not courses. The mitzvahs of the Torah can't change. So perhaps we can reinterpret it for the Rambam. But the Yaakov Shemani said the only Yantaf will have is Purim. What happened to Pesach, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, and Kippur? For the Rambam, the mitzvahs of the Torah don't change. Or there's a, there's a Vayikra Rabbo, all the Karbanites will be Batel, with the exception of the, uh, of the Karban Taida. Karban Taida is the only Karban that will continue to exist. Again, for the Rambam, all of this is Apicorsis. Or the Aber, again, you have to reinterpret it. And it can be reinterpreted, but, but the simple explanation of the source is not like the Rambam. Or the Abarbanel says the Chazir, people love quoting this as well, the pig will be Mutalasilova. For the Rambam, it can't be, unless the pig is going to change. The Halacha doesn't change. The Archaim HaKadosh says the pig will change. But, for, but, but you have to say that for the Rambam. It can't be that the Halacha will change. But again, so the Rambam here, by telling us that the Torah is not a simple statement. The Rambam was aware that there were statements of Chazal that implied otherwise, and yet he's telling us, you must believe the following. He seems to be taking a stand on an issue of Hashkafa, a matter of Jewish thought. He seems to be poskening authoritatively. The last example where this is really uh, articulated is by the Chsam Sefer with regard to the 12th Iker Amun of the Rambam, that you have to believe in the coming of Mashiach. So even though the Rambam tells us you have to believe it's one of the Ikari Amunah that there will be a Mashiach, there was an opinion in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Rabbi Hillel, that's the eighth source over here. There will be no Moshiach. Striking. Why? Chizkiah was supposed to be Moshiach, but he squandered an opportunity to say Shira to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he lost his chance. Not only did he lose his chance to be Moshiach, we all lost the uh, possibility of having a Moshiach. It was Chizkiah, that was his job, 
And he squandered the opportunity because he didn't sing Shira Takadish Baruch when he won a war. And therefore, we all lost the Mashiach. There will never be another Mashiach. The Geula will come, but it won't be brought about, precipitated by Mashiach. So Amar Rav if you look at the conclusion of that Gemara, this is already, uh, you know, uh, borderline. This is pushing the limits in the time of the Gemara. Amar Rav Yosef, Sharalei Lamari Rabbi Hill. Please excuse my friend uh, Rabbi Hill. You want to bring him to a cocktail party. So excuse my friend Rabbi Hillel. But that was the opinion of Rabbi Hillel. So does the one have the right to say nowadays, I believe, you know, it sits better with me if there's no human uh, Mashiach. It doesn't speak to me. I don't, I don't hear it. So does one have the ability to say that or is he not be courage? So write the Chsam Seifer and the Tshuva, Ois Tes, Ha'aymer, Ein Mashiach, V'kim Li Karebi Hillel, the ninth source over here, Ha'reihu Kaifer Beklal Hatayra, He's a Kaifer and Kala Tarakula. Because even though at the time of the Gemara, if you uh, lived in the town of Rabbi Hillel, you have the right to subscribe to his position, once uh, there's been a consensus that we don't accept Rabbi Hillel, we pass and there is Mashiach, so you can no longer evoke, you can no longer subscribe to that minority opinion. So the Chaim Seifer makes this point explicitly, and that seems to be the position of the Rambam from the whole institution of Ikari Amuna. The Rambam is telling us this is what you must believe, and if there's a minority opinion otherwise, we pass in this way, and you cannot believe uh, otherwise. You must subscribe to these Ikari Amuna, and there's a concept of psak consensus, which is authoritative in matters of Jewish thought and, uh, and Hashkafa. The problem is, if you read along with me over here, Ois Yud, the Ramam in the parish of Mishnah, is in, it's, not, it's not an aberration, it's in three separate places. And he does it again in the Sefer HaMitzvah, and again in the, his letter about Tchiyas HaMesim, the Ramam seems to say just the opposite. The Ramam writes uh, in Mesech the Saita, chachamim hashkafa. Let's say the Chachamim have a machlaikas about a certain matter of Hashkafa, perspective, thought, it has no manifestation practically. You cannot speak about a halacha when it comes to something that's not practical. When it comes to practicality, we can speak about a psaq. When it comes to matters of Jewish thought, what I, what I have to believe, don't tell me what I have to believe. It has nothing to do with that. You can't pask in a certain way as long as you have to believe certain things, but as long as there's a machlekes about it, I could side with the other position. I don't have to take the, what is the majority approach. That's what the Rambam seems to be telling us. And he does it again in Shavuos, and again in Sanhedrin, again in the Sefer HaMitzvahs. How could the Rambam say this? The Rambam just told us that these are 13 Ikari Muni, you have to believe in them. If you don't, you're not Ikaris. The Rambam here seems to be saying that uh, you can't speak about a halacha when it comes to matters of uh, Hashkafa and Deya. So Rabbi Meiselman uh, printed a book recently, the uh, Roshiva of... Uh, oh, so that's why Meiselman makes the point, which I think it could be is... Uh, is, uh, the distinction is obvious. In a book that he put, printed recently called Torah, Chazal, and Science, where uh, Rabbi Meisman suggests that perhaps the Ikari Amuna are matters of halacha. Because if you are an apikaires, that there's practical ramifications to that. Whatever, we don't have to get now what are the practical ramifications about how we treat apikarsim. But apikaires is dino ka'akum. He loses a little bit his status as a yid in terms of participating in certain communal matters. So an uh, apikares, uh, it has practical ramifications. It manifests itself practically so we can speak about a psak halacha, an authoritative consensus. And when it comes to matters of ikare emuna, there is no latitude to evoke a shitas yochid. To say, uh, you know, I like, uh, you know, the Rabbi Yosef Albo, that the Torah can change. You know, that just sits well with me. If you say that you're an apikares, then uh, you'd have all the ramifications of an apikares. But, but, but that's for us. We have to... If he would be Rav Yosef Albo, if he would be a Bar Plugta of the Rambam, then yes. None of us uh, suggest, and if but he... Why Yosef <coughs> himself is not Why is... Oh, so, because if you are yourself a one of the participants, meaning if you are yourself uh, a party in this Machlekes, so then uh, you're entitled to your position. Others who are not a party in the Machla, if I would be as great as the Rambam, I could disagree with the Rambam, you're right. But none of us would contend or suggest, and if we would, we'd be more mistaken than we would be in the first place, that we are contemporaries of the Rambam and we can disagree with him. Rabbi Yosef Alba was. It's from the period of the Rishonim. If you habitually disagree with Rishonim, you can do that here too. But uh, for the, for, as long as you are generally subscribed to you know, the development of Halacha as a process, 
with regards to Hilchus Shabbos, with regards to Hilchus Kashrus, when it comes to Amuna, just because you, you might be well versed in Yanei Amuna and you might be a professor or something, does not give you the latitude to disagree with a uh, with, uh, consensus approach. Yeah. There's a for Halacha between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai. Right. Passing like Beis Hillel. Yeah. Did Beis Shammai act like Beis Hillel when they would practice? No. So, in you in your town, in that town of Beis Shammai, you have the right to follow Beis Shammai. But once the Pesach has been passed in like Beis Hillel, you know, we concluded, we passed in like Beis Hillel, you have no right, and I have no right. Beis Shammai could continue to function the way they function. The Gemara says in Mesech Tzivamis that there was a town where Rebbe Lazar was the Rav, that they were Mechal Shabbos, not only for Mila itself, but to prepare the Mila knife. They were Mechal Shabbos, to melt the metal and to grind the knife. We don't do that. But you'd be Chayv Skila, says the Chsam Sofer, if you would do it in our towns. You would carry the knife to the Mila if there's no Erev. But Rebbe Lazar's town, they did it. And you have every right to do it in Rebbe Lazar's town. So if you stand behind a Bar Plugta, you stand behind a, uh, you know, a person who's alive and who's disagreeing, then great. But then what's the point of a Psaq? I mean, once, once there's been a Psaq that Beis Hillel... Right. Everyone agrees that there's been a Psaq and Beis right. Hillel wins. Right. right, So there is a kind of, That's why we... And when things are functioning, Kitikunam, we have a Sanhedrin Hagadayla in Yerushalayim that functions as the Iker of Tarash Peh. They pass in it. Now if you disagree, you're a Zuck and Mamre and you're put to death. But in the absence of a Sanhedrin Gedayla... We have what is consensus amongst Klal Yisrael. What is the Psaq? So none of us will pass them like Beis Shammai. None of us claim to be contemporaries of Beis Hillel and Bar Plugta of Beis Hillel. You know, entitled to an opinion in, 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 the, in comparison to Beis Hillel. So we can't, we can't side with Beis Shammai. Beis Shammai could. They're entitled to their position. So so to here, when it comes to Machlechus Bishayim, we pass like the Ramam in Hochul Shabbos, like the Ramam in Hochul Kashrus, like the Ramam in all areas of Allah. When it comes to Yanei Amuna too, we, the Rambam is authoritative, just as authoritative in other areas of Allah. But that's when it comes to Ikare Amuna. What about when it comes to matters of Jewish thought? It's not, for example, Ein Mazel Yisrael. Is there enough Gemina? Practically, I don't think so. The Gemara Zemach is, is there a concept called Yisurin Shalava or no Yisurin Shalava? Practical ramifications, it isn't. Or uh, will, will the Anshay Sadaim have to be Aymed in Din? <laughs> I don't know. It's a Machlekes in the Gemara. So the Ramam tells us, on those issues, you want to think whatever you want, there's no matter, you can, you can adopt whatever approach you would like. That seems to be what the Ramam is saying. Okay? Are we okay with that? The problem is, the Ramam contradicts himself again. The Ramam says, and Rabbi Maizuman makes this point, the Rambam writes in Hilchah's Teshuvah, which is a Machlekes in the Gemara and Sanhedrin, will Klai only be redeemed through Tshuva, or will we be redeemed even if we don't do Tshuva? Machlekes between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yeshua. Ain Yisrael in the Golan El Betshuva, or uh, no, Klal Yisrael will have a gula whether we do tshuva or not. The Rambam paskins, Ain Yisrael in the Golan El Betshuva. How can you paskin that will only be redeemed through tshuva? It's not one of the Ikari Amuna. There'll be a gula either way. <laughs> so how can you speak of a psak? And on some of those issues where the Rambam says on Saita and Shvuas and Sanhedrin, you can't speak about a psak. He paskins in the Mishnah Torah those issues. So Rabbi Meizelman claims. That even in matters of Jewish thought, which are not Ikari Amuna, let's say, the authority of Chazal in scientific matters, I don't think, I, I don't know, maybe it goes to Amunas Chachamim, it could relate to one of the Ikari Amuna, but even if it doesn't, Rabbi Maizaman claims that we don't have to paskin, that's all the Ram needs to say, we don't have to paskin, but we can, if we so choose. We can come to a consensus approach. He claims that that's what the Ramah meant in the parish of Mishnahis. And some Rishonim speak, the Ramban says, we paskin, ain mazel Yisrael. It's hard to know what that means, we paskin, but the Ramban does it. So Rishonim seem to have, again, this is where the issue gets murky, when it comes to those things that are pure halach, of course there's psak. When it comes even to Ikari Amuna, whether you're not Ikari or not, itself is relevant, Lomaisa, clearly there is a psak. What about in other issues, Bitochon, Amuna, Hashkafa, can we speak about a psak? That issue seems to be a little bit more murky. The Rambam seems to say we can't really speak about it, yet the Rambam himself uh, seems to do it, which might imply that one can speak about Psak. Even within the Gemara, this issue is a little bit unclear. If you look at the Gemara in Erevin, Adafiyad Gimel Midbeis, that's the twelfth source over here, the Gemara says that there was a two and a half year machlaikas between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel about whether or not it was preferable for a person to have been created, or would have been better that you were never created. Beishamah's opinion is, let's start with that, it's the more, you know, pessimistic, you know, optimistic approach, that, uh, Beishamah said, better you were created 
then you were never created. You know, the, 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 the possibilities of achievement, of accomplishment, of success outweigh the possibilities uh, of failure. It's good that you were created. The opinion of Beis Hillel says, no, that's the end of the first line. It would be better that you were never created. You're very pessimistic, you know. You, you, the possibilities of failure are so great uh, that uh, the opportunity of success is not, uh, wouldn't better you never been here. That's the opinion of Beis Hillel. So the Gemara concludes, Nimnu Vigamru, they counted and they resolved. Been better that you would never have been created. What counted implies that we went to the base matters, we counted, what do you say, what do you say, what do you say? We paskined up to Shaila and government. How can we paskin this issue? How can you speak about a psak when it comes to this issue? It would be better that a person had never been created. So the Gemara seems to imply that even when it comes to just a matter of perspective of Hashkafa, which doesn't relate any, in any way, doesn't manifest itself in any way practically, nonetheless, we could speak about a concept of Psaq. Oh, so there's two ways out of this. We'll get to yours in one second. The Marimint says, this is relevant Lamaisa. How is it relevant Lamaisa? It's relevant Lamaisa to the Nusach of Birchus HaShachar. We say in the morning, Shaloi Asani Goy. Kodesh Baruch did not create me a Goy. What a way to start the morning. Why don't we say Sha'asani Yisrael? Kaddish Baruch created me as a, as a Yid. Why don't we say didn't create me as a guy? So the Ma'ari Min says, because it would have been better you had never been created. So we can't say Sha'asani Yisrael. It would been better I'd never been here. So, so, but, so I say Sha'asani Goy. Now that you created me, I'll do the best that I can to, you know, in the obstacle course of life to make sure that I don't fall in, you know, I succeed more than I fail. But, uh, now you, Sha'asani Goy. Because it would be better I'd never been created. So he claims it's relevant to Lamaisa. But the Marsha and the Maral, say what Frank said, say that the Pshad and the Gemara is not uh, the way I explained it. It's not Nimnu, they counted the people in the base Medrash, Vigamru, and they Paskind. It means Nimnu, they counted the number of mitzvahs that we have. We have 365 loiseses, prohibitions. And we have uh, 248 mitzvahs, positive mitzvahs. So Beisil made a Pashat Cheshbin. It's more likely you will fail because there's more prohibitions than there are mitzvahs. So Nimnu Vigamru, they counted and everyone concluded, Beisil you know, gave in to that argument. That better you've never been created. There's too many problems, too many prohibitions, better never been created. Everyone agreed because Nimnu, they counted the mitzvahs Vigamru. Again, that would sidestep, that would wiggle out of this issue that it's not a Psaq Halacha. The, the Munkach Rebbe says in his Sefer, Divrei Torah, that's the name of the Sefer. The name of the Sefer is Divrei Torah. So Minchas Elazar writes that that's why, this is his position, and we don't have time to give a full treatment to this, that's why uh, Jews don't celebrate birthdays. Yeah, some do, but uh, he says, uh, his opinion was we shouldn't celebrate birthdays. He says, you only find a birthday in the Chumash by Paroi. Paroi, everyone knows. Paroi is the only birthday in the, in the Torah. Why? Why don't Jews celebrate birthdays? So says the Munkach Rebbe, because we have so many laven, better they have never been created. What about by Goyim? So he says, Goyim don't have so many loisesses. They don't have so many prohibitions. So by them, it's better they were created than they were not created. So he says, by the Goyim, they can celebrate birthdays. It's a, it's a happy day. For us, uh, not so. Others disagree with this whole perspective on birthdays. But either way, that also functions based on that shot uh, in the Gemara. But there's another, there's a Rashi in Parshas Vayishlach, where the Rashi says, on the commenting on the Pesach, that when... Uh, Esav kissed Yaakov, so there's uh, dots on top of the word by Yishakehu, that he kissed him. So it says, Yaakov, even though it's a halacha, that Esav hates Yaakov, here he uh, was overcome with emotion and he kissed him, believe Shalom. So it says, halacha How can you speak about a halacha that Esav is Yaakov? So there, actually, there's some claim this is a tell cipher, because there's a sifrei in Bamidbar, where the Sifrei says a different version of this, that Haloi Biyadua She'esav Sani Es Yaakov, which means it's a rhetorical question. Isn't it known that Esav hates Yaakov, not a Halacha? So you could abbreviate the word Halacha and Haloi in the same way. They're both abbreviated the same way. Hey Lamed is sometimes an abbreviation for Halacha, but it's sometimes an abbreviation for a Hey. You get out of a Hey by putting an apostrophe. So some claim that there was, this was a Tel cipher. It said in the Rashi, Hey Lamed, with an apostrophe. And the printer said, oh, hey, Lamed, that's halacha. But it wasn't supposed to be halacha. It was supposed to be haloi. Isn't it known that, uh, that Esav uh, hates Yaakov? Can halacha mean the way of the world? Or yeah, it could mean an axiom. That's the way I would... It's axiomatic that Esav hates Yaakov. <laughs> we don't have to be so literal about it. 
But if you're looking for sources that there's a psaq halacha by matters of emuna, hashkafa, that don't relate to the ikri so perhaps there's a source. Rav Kook has a famous letter where uh, Rav Kook writes that this is in fact the machlekes between the Yushalmi and the Babli. The Yushalmi comments on the Pasuk, over here, the 14th source, and the Pasuk in Parsha Shoiftim, Ki Yipali Mimcha Davar Lamishpat, when you will be confused about a matter, so Vasala Shoifet Shayyiyah Bayomim Hahem Vidarash Tavigidulcha Eistvar Mishpat. You should come to the leader or the Shoifet in that generation and he will paskin for you. So the Pasuk says, Ki Yipali Mimcha Davar, when you'll be confused about a matter. What is a matter? What is a Davar? So Yushalmi says, Davar Zu Agada. Hashkafa. I don't know. Mazal Yisrael, no Mazal Yisrael. Go to the Tamar Chacham and he will paskin for you. So it seems to be that in Yanei Hashkafa there is a Psak. However, the Talmud Bavli says, no, Davar Zu Halacha. This Halacha, not Hashkafa. Seems to be there's no Psak. So if Cook claimed it was a difference between the Talmud Yushalmi and the Talmud Bavli, then he took it uh, even further. And he says, because in Eretz Yisrael, the learning endows you with so much knowledge that uh, even have guidance, even have enlightenment when it comes to Nyanei Hashkafa. In Chutzlaretz they learn, but all they get is halacha out of it. We get, uh, Rav Kook claims that uh, in Eretz Yisrael, the learning of Torah is different. I think it's representative of a phenomenon you find in our times, that uh, Rabbanim in Eretz Yisrael are much more uh, likely to indoctrinate the Talmudim with Hashkafa as well as halacha. They don't want to tell them what it's right to do. They tell them what it's supposed to. Come to the Torah. And the Chutzlaretz were not as likely to do that. Okay. So this reflects that difference in those times as well. In Eretz Yisrael, they were more likely to pass in Hashkafa than we are here in, uh, in Chutzlaretz. Either way, Rav Kook claims there's a machlekes between the, the Talmud Bavli and the Talmud Yushalmi. But this issue about whether or not you can pass in, can we speak about an authoritative psaq, a consensus in matters of Hashkafa, again, if it relates to halacha, clearly there's a psaq halacha. If it relates to Ikari Amuna, uh, so we, for the most part, with you know, footnotes here and there, Paskin like the Rambam, comes to Ikari Amuna, uh, there's been a consensus, and that's relevant Lamaisa when it comes to being an Apikaris, who's an Apikaris, who's not an Apikaris. But matters of pure Hashkafa, uh, which don't manifest itself Lamaisa, again, if it manifests itself, itself Lamaisa, then you can't do this. But if it doesn't manifest itself, itself Lamaisa, you have it by reconciling, how do you reconcile the age of the world with Torah? How do you reconcile science? That was the authority of Chazal in matters of science. Maybe these are issues that don't, okay, unless they touch on the Ikari Amuna, they don't necessarily, uh, in Yonei Hashkafa. So does one have the right to believe what he wants or not? You know, okay, again, you can't say whatever you want. Can you subscribe to a minority opinion that is not the consensus approach? Seems to be a little bit more of an open issue. It could be that this issue really revolves around a very central issue, and that is that uh, what is uh, the role of Psak and what does Psak Halacha represent. We're familiar with the Gemara in Mesechtas Ervin. The Gemara tells us the 16th source over here that after all of the machleks in between Beishama and Beishilo and the different places where they argue, uh, a basko, a heavenly voice came out, Ve'amra elu ve'elu divrei alukim chayim. Both Beishama and Beishilo are the word of HaKadosh Baruch Both halacha ke So both are the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yet we paskin like Beishilo. What does it mean, both of the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What does that mean? So the Rashi and the Ritva say what is the most uh, ambitious approach. Others minimize the statement, but the Ritva says, Shalu Rabboni Tzarfas. How could this be? How could both be true? His position is both are true. Both are emes. Both Beishamah and Beishilol are true. Divrei Elohim Chaim. How could both be true? So Shalu Rabboni Tzarfas, the 17th source, Ha'ech Efshar Shiyushneim Divrei Elohim Chaim. How could it be both are true? One says it's Aser, one says it's Mutter. You both can't be right. So Vatirtsu, he explained that, uh, you know, somewhat of an f- esoteric concept, but we can relate to it. went up to who showed him 49 faces or aspects of Easter. And 49 aspects of Heter on each Shiloh. Every Shiloh, there were aspects of Easter, aspects of Heter. Shalah, Kanish Baruch Hu, Azazah, Meish Rabbeinu, Eze, Kanish Baruch Hu, what does this mean? How do I do with this? Va'amar she'yezeh, Moshe l'chachma Yisrael, she'v'chol davadar, v'yechra k'moysam. Tamina Chachom, in every generation, have the ability to decide uh, which, uh, you know, how to view this issue. There's 49 perspectives of Easter, 49 perspectives of Heter, and it's up to us to figure out how to view it. Pashup Shat and what the Ritva is saying. Okay, so that's what Elu ve'elu means. Both 
are emes, both are true. How could both be true? This stadim lekula sides of Easter, sides of heter in every given issue. So what does psak mean then? We paskin like Beis Hillel. But we paskin like Beis Hillel. What does a psak represent? Both opinions are true. So what is a psak all about? So Rebbechanan writes in the Kavit Shiurim uh, the following. Rebbechanan says what a psak represents is is an arbitrary decision to follow one approach. We can't do both. We can't have Klai Yisrael, some uh, being Noyek Iser, some being Noyek Heter. Look like we have many Tyrus, Nasa Kishtei Tyrus. You can't have such a thing. Huh? Well, it's like what this guy to do. In the base Medrash in YU, the old base Medrash, so they had, it was a Machlekes, which way to Davin? The Aaron face, not Mizrach. So half the people literally. Uh, Davin one direction, half the people daven the other direction. You come in, it looks like people are davening to... Uh, I, uh, people used to say it's representative of the whole institution, perhaps as a whole, but uh, people were, were davening in literally different directions. So it looks crazy to the outsider, and it was. But that's what Psak is about. Psak is arbitrary. It doesn't mean one approach is more true than the other, but we have to decide a certain way. We pass in a certain way. And Rabbi Hanan claims that perhaps this approach is supported by the Gemara Baba Metziah in a few places, where the Gemara says that Psach could correspond not even to a perspective of MS. A Psach could be not Kefiha MS. How do you know? Because the Gemara Baba Metziah, with regards to Halachas of Negoim, we don't have to get involved in the details of it now, has a Machlekes about a Sufik Nega. Whether, whether the hair came first, the, the, the blotch of skin came first, we don't know which came first. doesn't matter what Halach is. So the Gemara says Sufik, we're not sure. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Omer Tahar, Kanishbar, who says it's Tahar, Bekulhu, Mesifta, Durakia, Amri, Tameh. Everyone in the Yeshiva Shomal disagreed with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And guess how we paskin? We paskin like the Mesifta, Durakia. We don't paskin like the Rebbe Nishlelem. Such a nega is Tameh. How could you paskin against HaKaddish Baruch Hu? How could we even speak about the concept? Or the Gemara says in Baba Metziah, the famous Machlaikas between Rebbe Lazar and Rebbe Yeshua, about the Tana Shalach Nai, but again, it doesn't matter what the case is, that Loiba Shamayim, he, Abbasko came out and said the Halacha files of Belazar. Rabbi Yeshua said, I'm not concerned with Abbasko. Loiba Shamayim, he, Shikvar Nitna Tarame Harsinai, and it's us to decide what the Halacha is. Akash well, Baruch clearly wants one way. How could we then paskin the opposite? So it says the because Psak is an arbitrary decision, uh, you know, how we should conduct ourselves and does not represent what is MS, what's true. We have to decide to conduct ourselves a certain way, even if sometimes that goes against the MS. And that's what the Ran writes in his Drushes. If you look over here at the 20th source, the Ran writes, <laughs> Since it appeared to them to be Tameh, <laughs> They were doing what is opposite of what was true. Kaddish Baruch said it's Tahar. They said it's Tameh. You're going against the Rebbe Nishalayim himself, even though they're doing Hebech Mina MS. They didn't concede to Kaddish Baruch Hu. And they did right, says the Ran. Because the Torah is ours to Paskin. The Ksais HaKhaishan has a well-known Hakdoma to say for Ksais HaKhaishan, where he quotes this Ran, this Gemar Bav Mitziah, and he seems to make <laughs> the same point, but he quotes as, uh, you know, the basis for it all, the Medrash Rabban Parshish Bereshis. Where the Medrash tells us that when Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted to create the world, the Malachi Hasharis uh, debated with HaKadosh Baruch Hu whether or not he should do so or not. Malachi, at the end of the first line, Nasu Malachi Hasharis, Kitois, Kitois. There were groups and groups. Mehem Oymrim Yivra, Mehem Oymrim Al Yivra. Some said create the world, some said don't do it. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Chesed ve'emes Nivgoshu, Chesed and Emes met in battle whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu should create the world. Chesed Oymer Yivra. Chesed said, create the world, Shakula Mole Chasadim. People are very generous. They have the ability to do great, uh, wonderful Chasadim for others. The MS, Aymer Loyivra. Don't create the world, Shakula Mole Shkarim. Everybody lies. We live in an Alma de Shikra, a world of propaganda and lies. So don't create the world. Ma Asa Kadish Baruch, what did Kadish Baruch do? Noto MS, he took truth, Vishlicha Arza. He threw it to the ground. Shenema Vatishlach MS Arza. The Pesach said, the Kadish Baruch, MS to the ground. So now here's the crux. So HaKadosh Baruch threw Emes to the ground, meaning he dismissed Emes, and HaKadosh Baruch created the world, he followed the opinion of Chesed. So Amul the fun of Rebunish Shalom, the Malachi Ashari said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Atom Evazet Tachshit Shalcha, 
you're sullying your jewel. You're making it dirty. I want truth to emerge from the ground. What does this mean? You're dirtying your jewel. How is he dirtying it? And what did Kodesh Baruch Hu respond? So says the Ksais HaChayshen, they were saying to Rebbe Shalom, you're giving Psach over to Klal Yisrael to allow them to resolve matters of halachic disputes. Even if it sometimes doesn't correspond to the Emes. So the, so the matter, said the Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's not the Emes then. Well then you're dirtying the Kli. It's not what you intended for it to be. So, so, so the Kodesh, how could that be? And Kodesh Baruch Hu said, no, that's, my, that's what I want. I want the emes to emerge from the ground. So it sounds like from the Ksais HaChayshen, it sounds, and that's the opinion of Rabbi Hanan, all Psak is, is a decision how to act practically. It doesn't mean that that's the truth. So if that's what Psak is, so then I would argue that Psak has no relevance when it comes to Inyane uh, Hashkafa. Psak is there to tell us what to do. Or if it relates to Ikari Amuna, who's an Apikaris, who's not an Apikaris. But if Psak is not a dic- what dictates truth, it just means we have to do something. This is the arbitrary mecha- mechanism we have. Fine. Okay, let's do like that. Okay. So then Psak has no relevance when it comes to Ein Maz- is there Mazel Israel or not. I don't know. There's no relevance Lamaisa. It doesn't manifest itself Lamaisa. So you can't speak about Psak. However, yeah. Your exception, though, is it doesn't. Not applying to the I mean, doesn't that kind of... If it is, no, there's that many issues that have nothing to do with the Ikari Sorry? There's many issues of Jewish thought. No, but what if Mazalos are part of the Ikari Oh, then it would be practical. But that's just a that's an arbitrary... I, I think it's correct. I th- I, I, it's potentially circular logic. No, why? Because once you, you don't, it doesn't happen until you paskin, and you don't paskin until it happens. No, 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 no. Ah. Rabbi Meisel made two points. One is Ikari Amuna are different than regular matters of Hashkafa. Yeah. Is the Yisurin Shalava or not? It's not a matter of Ikari Amuna. Does Psak apply there? So Rabbi Meisel claimed, yes, it does. If you want to, you can. I, that doesn't uh, appeal to me. I think, though, but he's correct in saying, I, I think that it's a separate issue. I, I don't, maybe yes, maybe no. I don't think his formulation is, uh, is um, perhaps you know, what, what I view as the most precise. But at the same time, his distinction between Ikari Amuna and regular matters of Hashkaf, I think you have to say that. The Ramam Paskin and the Ikari Amuna. That's clear. So Ikari Amuna clearly are off the table. There's, you cannot say, I, uh, let me pick through a list of people who argue with the Rambam. Is the Torah going to change? Will it be Mashiach? And you know what? I'm going to teach my kids it's not going to be Mashiach. That's for the, you know, for the simple-minded. There really is no Mashiach. You can't do that. If you do that, you're not Bikaris. That's relevant Lamaisa. But let's say I want to teach my kids there's no such concept as, uh, you know, something which is debated in the Gemara. And has no relevance Lamaisa, or, or an issue that's developed, debated by contemporary, uh, you know, G'daylam. But has no relevance Lamaisa, doesn't manifest itself practically, so maybe you have some latitude there. Yeah. Um, it would be fine if the Raman class can like the Gwayamuna in the Mishnah Torah, but it doesn't. Does it? No. Therefore... It's not a problem for me. Sorry, he mentions them in the Mishnah Torah. He doesn't mention all of them. He mentions most of them, but he doesn't formulate it in the same way. Yeah, okay. For me, that's not a problem. But, uh, okay. However, the problem with this is Reb uh, Chaim disagrees with the Bokhanan because the eighth Iker and Amuna of the Rambam is that uh, our Torah, Zeis HaTorah, uh, the Torah that we have is the Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. Our Torah Metsuya Atabi Adenu. He had Torah Sunu Moshe Rabbeinu Bar Sinai. Our Torah is the exact Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. How could our Torah be the exact Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu? What does it mean, our Torah? If again, if Psach Halacha means it doesn't correspond to truth, it's a random, arbitrary uh, concept. That, you know, we have a mechanism how we have to conduct ourselves, but it doesn't tell us what is true, what's not true. So then how can we guarantee that the Torah we are practicing is the same Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu? Maybe a mistake crept in. Maybe uh, Moshe Yeshua. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is guiding the process to make sure that it comes out a certain way. So that's why Rabbi Hanan argues that no, Psak Halacha doesn't represent an arbitrary idea about what is, uh, you know, that we have to conduct ourselves a certain way, like the Tzai told us, but it doesn't tell us what's MS. No, Psak Halacha represents what is truth. And that's how we know, that's how we can discuss and say that the Torah that we are practicing is the same Torah uh, that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Harsinai. If that's what Psach represents, uh, so then, 
So then perhaps Sa'ak Halacha can in fact be relevant to Inyane Amuna and Inyane Hashkafa. Whether Psak is relevant to Inyane Amuna and Hashkafa, again, Halacha clearly, Ikari Amuna clearly, Psak is relevant to Inyane Hashkafa. Again, we, we mentioned two possible approaches. Perhaps it relates to what is really Psak. But even if there is autonomy, a person has the ability to side with a Shitas Yachid, which is not necessarily accepted by the consensus, uh, many have taken this uh, and interpreted that there is uh, anarchy, meaning that uh, you have the right, anybody has the right to read a book that mentions a Das Yachid. Uh, people do it in Halacha too. Uh, they, they take, well, it's a das yochid like this, I'll conduct myself like that. Or they read a book about Inyane Amuna, and again, people even do it when it comes to Ikari Amuna, there I believe, certainly there's an, you know, an element of Psak. But so even if there isn't, that doesn't mean that there should be anarchy. Meaning, I, I, each, you know, people make a hodgepodge out of the religion. They pick this uh, shita, they pick that shita. That itself is, is a terrible thing. The Gemara tells us in Mesechus Rosh Hashanah, the comments... Uh, about this whole machlekes by Shaman Hillel. So again, the Gemara said, Eu v'yegu both have truth to them. So the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that in the time of the machlekes by Shaman Hillel, you want to follow by meaning if you lived at that time, you want to follow by opinion, you can follow that. You want to follow by opinion, you can follow that too. What about a person who picks Kulis? He shops around for Kulis. We have those people nowadays as well. Shops around for Kulis. So the Gemara says, Nikre Russia. Such a person is an evil person. Shops around for coolers by this one, coolers by that one. It's the wrong thing to do. What about, which is perhaps an even more common phenomenon in our time, a person shops around for chumras. He does the chumras of Beis Shama and the chumras of Beis Hillel. So the Gemara says, all of our about him, the Pasuk says in Koheles, the fool walks in darkness. Why? Because just like a fool who uh, is in the dark, and he's looking for anything to, you know, support himself, to find his direction. So he grabs at this, and he grabs at that, and he's grabbing at every different thing. So too, this person is walking in darkness like the fool. He, he's grabbing at this chumrah, and he's grabbing at that chumrah, and this and that. It's the wrong thing to do. We see in our time also, people come back, and they just look like, uh, you know, you meet these people, you know, where they came from. It looks like a hodgepodge, you know. Guy's up to pay, only jacket, you know, the guy's shorts, the t shirt. You can't tell whether the guy's coming or going. Where did, where did this guy come from? You know, not any mahalich. Such a thing is not a good thing. That's axil hachaychechechechech. He's following this man. He's no derech hachaim. Such a thing is not good. Even It's not anarchy. You can't pick one position from here or one position from here. Even if there is no concept of psak, a person has to have a mahalach hachaim. He has to have a derech that he got from someone else, an established derech. Either like Beishamai, in the time of the Gemara, Isaac Beishamai, Isaac, you want to follow this mahalach hachaim, like that rebel, like this derech. That's all great. But you have to subscribe to a mahalach. You just pick from here and here, that hanhaga, this hanhaga. That's a hajpaj, that's haksil bachayshechechechech. And such a thing will never uh, be able to sustain itself. There's a, well, Pasuk tells us in Parshish Lechacha that when Avram Avinu was going down to Eretz Yisrael, so he brought not only with him, Akash Baruch who told him to go down to Eretz Yisrael, he brought with him uh, his, uh, his house, his household possessions. He also brought Es HaNefesh Asher Asu Bukharan. The souls that he made in Haran. Who was that? Rashi tells us the people he converted, his Bawi Tshuva, his followers. Whatever happened to these people? Asked Alexander Rebbe and they say for Yismach Yisrael, we never hear about these Asanefesh Asher Asu Bukharan. Where are these legions and hordes of Bawi Tshuva that Avram Avinu created? Where are they? They're lost to history. What happened to them? So Alexander Rebbe writes, he said that they were lost. Why were they lost? He said because Avram Avinu was such a charismatic, electric personality that he was able to be Makaradim. And he inspired them. But when he passed away, so he got by Yitzchak. Yitzchak, we get the impression of Nechomish already, was not the same kind of, you know, out-of-the-box thinker that Avram Avinu was. He didn't have that same charisma. He followed in the path of his father. That was his Avaidah. He dug the same wealth as his father. But he doesn't seem to, he doesn't speak that much in the Chumash. He doesn't seem to be the same personality outgoing personality that Avram Avinu was. So it says the Alexander Rebbe that they weren't inspired by Yitzchak. So they said, forget Yitzchak, we're going to go it on our own. Without a Rebbe. And says Alexander Rebbe, that's why they were lost. A person can't go on in life without a Mahalach. He has to have a Derech. And it can't even be the memory of Avram Avinu. That's not good enough. It can't be the memory of a Godel that once was. It can't be. It has to be someone who's alive. Someone who we subscribe to. A Mahalach, a camp that we are in. Either Beishamai, Beishamai, Oise. You could do like that. Oise, Beishamai, Oise. 
But you can't read a book that has, uh, you know, Machlekes and Inyani Hashkafa, oh, that, that appeals to me, this appeals to me that day. Such a thing will never be able to sustain itself. So whether or not a psak, we said psak is relevant by halacha, it's relevant by kariyamuna, whether it's relevant by hashkafa or not, somewhat of a debate. But we tried to perspe- present the different perspectives. But either way, we have to subscribe to a camp. Whether it's Beis Shammai, whether it's Beis Hillel, we shouldn't be a, a hodgepodge and make the same mistake of the Xeo who walks in darkness. Okay. Uh, 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 uh,